1: Welcome to another episode of Get Paid, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy, gambling, and daily fantasy. We are proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network, and you can also find us on Podcast One. This week, you are listening to Sean and Base Bali Lama himself, Eric Zimmerman. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing well, Sean. What's going on over there?
1: Not much. So, uh, so on the uh, the functional sportsaholic, our other podcast, uh, my co-host uh, Sam Van Dam is out this week, so we're actually moving Brad over. We're doing a little crossover special this week. Um, and you know, now that we're we're in season with uh, fantasy baseball, I thought it made sense to bring on uh, baseball lumma Eric Zimmerman, my co-author. From the uh, 2019 Fantasy Baseball Almanac and Draft Guide. Um, before we get rolling on on some of the content today, it's, we we are going to touch a little bit on March Madness, uh, a little bit on NFL, but uh, probably be most focused on uh, on Major League Baseball and fantasy. Um, but I do want to shout out. Um, you know, if you want to follow me, I'm at tfs underscore sean on Twitter. I'm also at tfs underscore sean. On uh, on Instagram, that's S-E-A-N. Eric is on uh, on Twitter as well. I believe he's Basebally llama underscored the oddly enough. But if you search for baseballi Llama, you'll you'll find him as well. Every search for me, we're always conversing back and forth, so you can find him. Um, yeah, man. So uh, <laughs> digging right into it, March Madness. You know, I definitely did not have this Final Four. Uh, I have been following on uh, BavadaSportsbook.com's uh, Celebrity Bracket. I am uh, I'm following Snoop, but. Um, Man, uh, oh, and, and a reminder for everybody, that's still open. You can win a 100 bucks easy on that. So uh, if you haven't checked them out yet, I would do so. Free money, easy money, so just go ahead and sign up. Once again, Uh But yeah, man, Eric, I, I, uh, I, I usually, I'll say this. When I was in college and I had a lot of time to devote to all things sports, I knew everything about everything back then, like when I was in college and stuff. And one thing I always did is I always won my NCAA pool, always um in recent years i've had to you know as as you have things like a like another another job a podcast a family all these kinds of things you have to kind of prioritize so um march madness although i still love it i watch it i take it in every year i just don't pay as much attention to the ncaa men's during the season as i used to and you know, michigan state i thought about putting in virginia to be fair i had auburn um let's just say i i probably had them bounced out and around i i Texas Tech, no, I, I did not have them, so my bracket is is shot to hell. But I'm sure, yeah, yeah, I know you play. How how are you doing?
0: Uh, I was right there with you. I actually had Virginia, but the rest of it, I wasn't even close. But uh, yeah, I kind of take the same approach to um, you know the the college basketball and these brackets as I did. Uh, if you remember that uh, old NHL fantasy league we did, we oh, did yeah. for one season <laughs> back in high school, sure, where I completely ignored it for the entire season and somehow won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah no I, it's about how I go I just kind of set it up and and figured what the hey but no, it uh, it didn't go quite well I had duke in there yeah uh, and uh yeah
1: <laughs> I had I think I had duke um no no I had duke losing to Michigan cuz I do like two or three brackets but in my primary bracket I had uh Lu- Lu- duke losing to Michigan in the final 4 and uh, Michigan losing to North Carolina in the finals obviously that did not happen the one the one thing I got right that I'm happy about um well I, I wouldn't say happy about but I guess I'm I'm I take pride in, um, is that I successfully predicted that, uh, Gonzaga would lose in the elite eight, although that's when they always lose. So that's why I predicted it and that's why it happened. Uh, but anyways, yeah. uh, moving on, uh, from there. So, um, it, Brad and I last week, Eric, we talked about, as you know, um, the NFC South, we did our 2018 season review, but since you're a big, um, Falcons fan, I just kind of want to reprise that and get your thoughts, Um, I guess this is more preview stuff, and we're certainly going to go into wider previews as we get into the NFL season, but, you know, what do you think about the Falcons um, from 2018, and I'll I'll prime you with what I said and Brad said, um, and, you know, just so our listeners recall, Um, first of all, the 2018 season, and then also early in the offseason in 2019, but what Brad and I said is, you know, they were kind of weren't, I don't know. I guess you could say they weren't a memorable team. Um, I had concerns, as you know, Eric, and as our, our listeners know, I had concerns coming into the season that they let Sarkeesian have a second year. I personally did not like that move. I think they should have cut bait um, prior to the season, uh, but he's gone now. Um, they, had, they had a really fast swarming type defense, but then they lost like three key players in the first week or two of the season. Um, but anyway, well, let me let me get your thoughts on 2018 because we kind of glossed over that performance. So what do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, you know, honestly, the, the biggest thing for me was I, I didn't think Sarkeesian should have been around there. And when the best argument that a lot of people can come up with is, well, um, you know, the previous coordinator, um, you know, didn't have didn't have a great first year either. And then look what they did with him. <laughs> if that's the best thing you can do to, ju- do to justify Sarkeesian coming back. Um, you know, is to compare him to Shanahan. It, you know, it doesn't say much for me. Um, I didn't like it. I, you know, they came out and know they were impressive. I think weeks two and three and maybe even four, and then it, you know, crashed back to earth again. Um, he's just too predictable. So, yeah. but with the with the injuries to the defense and then losing, I think three fifths of their offensive line, um, which wasn't that good to begin with they you know they really didn't stand a chance which i think uh was a testament to matt ryan because i mean the numbers he put up despite yeah. being you know planted in the ground uh repeatedly um and not having you know much of the running game with freeman out you know it it says they should be fine if they can stay healthy um they you know it but but yeah last year it was just it was a rough year injuries did a lot and i don't think they did enough to bolster the offensive line or mm-hmm. to add depth last year
1: Yeah. The, the, when, when Brad and I were running through everything, you know, I kind of pulled up Ryan's stats and I got to say, I was surprised because for a team that was, I don't know. I mean, you just never really thought they weren't, you know, they, 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 the, this back half of the season, it just was pretty clear that they weren't going to be a factor. Um, you know, they're always behind the eight ball. I know they weren't statistically eliminated for a little, a little while, but, um, you know, within that back half of the season, but, you know, it just was, it was rough. It was a rough go. And, um, you know, the injuries always hurt, for sure. But the predictability, I think, like you like you said, I mean, that's what we were talking about last week. The predictability of the play calling hurts. Um, you can't do that. And then, and then the other argument, too, that you'd mentioned about how uh, Sarkeesian, you know, they, they said, well, the previous offensive coordinator, the staff, didn't have a great year. Look what happened. Well, the thing is, Kyle Shanahan has a proven track record in the NFL in building offenses. Like, exactly. Sarkeesian doesn't. You know, I just... I don't know, man. I, I didn't like what they did. I guess they could have made a deep playoff run the year before, but again, I think Sarkeesian's play calling is really what limited them um, during Philadelphia's Super Bowl year. I really think they should have won that game. And coming into the 2018 season, I thought that this team had a lot of talent, um, not necessarily on the offensive line, but across the board, They were a pretty talented team, and they still have that talent. So I like um, Dan Quinn kind of, you know, I know this is a a prove-it year for him. I like him taking the reins and taking over a defensive play calling. He will be the defensive coordinator this year. But what do you think about Dirk Cutter? I mean, Atlanta's kind of been there, done that. Um, I I think the good thing is that Matt Ryan has somebody he knows. He's not going to have to learn a new system. And Cutter certainly you know, knows Matt Ryan, so there's some familiarity there. I've always been critical of Cutter um, not running enough. But what do you think about Cutter coming back? Do you like it or do you hate it?
0: Um, you know, it's kind of one of those where I, I get it because I think part of the reason that that they went and brought him back over some other names was they wanted they, they didn't want to have a uh, well, let's get a custom year again, you know, another let's get used to him year. They know he knows the offense. He knows how to work with Ryan. Um, he's worked with Julio. So I think that allows him to kind of transition a lot smoother than if they had brought someone else in again. Then you got that first year where, well, we got to get used to each other. And then the second year. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, I was kind of championing for uh, Gary Kubiak, along with most of the people, um, you know, that are that are Falcons fans that I saw. Um, they got shut down on that front, and I think, um, it looked like Cutter was the guy from the get go. I don't hate it. Um, I don't think it's going to get me super excited from, you know, just from the offset, but I think he's coming in, and I think the plan for him now is, you know, to balance that attack a lot more. So hopefully you'll see a little more of that running game since they have, um, you know, Freeman and they like what they saw at Ito Smith. So I think there will be a little more balance. So I don't hate the, the, the Cutter hire at all. Um, you know, it's not something I'm going to jump out of and go, "Holy cow, this is amazing!" But you know, yeah, I don't see it being being the. It's not Sarkeesian again, which you know is good.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know the the part of the the issue, I think maybe the big issue in the last time Cutter uh, was there is that you had, um, you know. Plain Jane, Mike Smith. Um, it's Mike, right? Mike Smith, yep. Coach Smith. Um, yep. It, it, he was he was calling the the, uh, the defense, and he was kind of making decisions. And so, you know, they would get complacent, as a lot of defensive coaches tend to do. They uh, they take their foot off the gas a little bit too early. And I don't think Dan Quinn's that kind of coach. Um, I, I, you know, something I've always been very complimentary of Dan Quinn about is that he, he does like aggressive play calling. He wants a strong offense. He's not trying to win the games 13 to 10, as, as we always criticize on this show. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I still like Quinn as a head coach. I think it'll be a shame if they can't turn it around this year and they, and they get rid of him because I do think he's, he's talented and I think he'll be successful wherever he goes next. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, but, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move the rest of it moving ahead um, into, uh, into the previews um, coming into 2019, but let me ask you. I guess before we move on, who do you want Atlanta to draft?
0: Oh, um, well, the, <laughs> I'd love to see Quinn and Williams um, and even Montez Sweat, but I don't think either one of those guys are going to be there. Um, I think Ed Oliver makes a lot of sense, um, and I still wouldn't be. I still wouldn't be shocked if they grabbed an offensive lineman if if one yeah. of those you know top two guys was there. So you know. I, they don't seem to have a good track record drafting uh, defensive ends, so that is a bit worrisome. But uh, you know, I mean, bringing—I I, don't—I don't see an end being the option after they brought back Vic at that right. that price point. Um, so I, I'd say you're looking at more of a defensive lineman is the most likely option.
1: Yeah. Hey, man. Somewhere. And Games are one on the trenches, a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman can't, can't go, can't ever go wrong with that, in my opinion. Especially oh, you mentioned uh, that you know they lost three fifths of their offensive line. Washington lost um, their entire offensive line for the second year in a row, so you know it doesn't, it never hurts. Um, anyway, let's move it over to uh, to the baseball stuff. Um, nice. You know, quickly. Um, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you too. Sorry, just one more. I, I, I it's like once I get out, they keep pulling me back in. Um, Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta. For uh, I was looking at the Bavada odds today and Atlanta is at um, plus 3,500 to win the Super Bowl, and I think with a, with a team this talented, I mean, they're not far removed from being a really good team. I know they had a rough year last year, but, um, but then again, to be fair, I think that's the even odds with uh, Baltimore, which kind of sounds right in terms of where you're putting it, but man, I, I kind of, I don't know, as the future's better, I like plus 3,500 for the Falcons. It's not outside the realm of possibility that they could, they could make a run if they can get that offense up to snuff and if they can stay healthy. What do you think about that?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, a lot of it, I think, for the offense just relies on, uh, you know, those, those new additions to the offensive line. If they can hold their own um, and keep Matt Ryan upright and allow them to score, you know, 20 plus points a game, which they're very capable of, um, you know, even closer to 30 with with, with with the weapons they have. I think that makes a big, big difference. And then if the defense is healthy and they add a quality piece that's actually ready to step in there and wreak some havoc, um, you know, yeah, I think they definitely have a, have a shot. And I think that's, you know, a a nice little uh chunk of change you could pull in there throwing down some some on them
1: yep yep all right so now let's move it over to baseball so tell me I mean just give me your impressions from from a team point of view I mean what have you been impressed with so far not players yet because we'll jump into that a little bit but you know what's kind of jumped out of you are are, are some teams kind of confirming some things are you a little bit worried about things I mean high level what what are you thinking about so far week one
0: it's it's so early. I mean, right now the best team in baseball is is the Mariners, um, hey, which is good you know, because well, my team is stacked with Mariners. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's. I don't think it's sustainable um, for what they're doing. You know, the uh, the Orioles took two out of three from the Yankees in the opening weekend again. <laughs> I, <laughs> Speaking of man, so, let me let me rant on this a little
1: bit. Um, so the Orioles, David Hess, eighty-two pitches into his start, six and a third innings, yanked with a no-hitter. I can't stand when managers do this. I cannot stand. I know he threw a couple, you know, some more pitches in relief on opening day. But come on, man, what do you think?
0: Um, You know, I mean, look, you're looking at a young kid who who did. I think it was somewhere around thirty or forty pitches the night, like uh, just a couple of nights previously, um, to bring him out there. And then, you know, I probably would have given him another inning. But I don't think. I think that was the thing is either way, he's not going the full nine. You're talking a hundred. Why not? He's already at 80. Who cares? <laughs> Give him
1: a week off. He's young. Ooh. It's a, it's uh, a no hitter. How many times do you take a no hitter into the seventh inning, man?
0: I don't disagree. Um, you know, they did it a couple of years ago. The Dodgers pulled. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Well, yeah, it's it's.
1: Well, I mean, they, they manage by computer. Um, I, I'm, maybe Baltimore's
0: doing the same thing now with the new regime. But
1: come on, man,
0: six and a third no hitter. Come on. I disagree, but you got to. I think they're looking at it as like he's already 80, 80 pitches into there. And I'm not one to say. You know, I I'd honestly I'd rather look at a pitch count than inning count. And if you're looking at innings limits, I hate the whole innings limit thing. Because um, I think pitches and stress. You know, stressful innings mean a lot more, but sure. 80 plus pitches in that sixth inning, you got to figure he's going to have to take 120 pitches to finish that thing off, no matter what, unless you get super lucky that he's going, you know, three, four pitch innings. Um, I think they were just trying to protect the arm, someone they're probably expecting. We don't have a whole lot of good pitchers. Let's see if we got something good here. Let's not injure them. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, but yes, that might have been the only good feel good story or, you know, single feel good story in Baltimore this year, potentially. This year, this decade. This yeah, decade, okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, come I on, man! Some- like they don't, they don't have, they don't. I mean, come on, you got to give the fans something. They don't have a prayer this year, right? Yep. And it's not only that. It's, it's again, you know, I, I just think about it as, a, as a person like who's been super competitive my whole life. Um, I, I just, I cannot. You don't get this opportunity every so often, right? And sometimes just the the stars align, and you can put it, you can just put it all together. They could have had people warming up in the bullpen as soon as he gives up a hit, just yank him. But come on, man, you got what? Uh, it's the seventh inning, so you have two and two thirds innings left. You have another what, maybe fifty pitches? So you get his pitch count gets up to one thirty. He's a kid, man. Just let him rest. And, and it goes years ago. Um, was it Davey Johnson, whoever the manager was for the Nationals back when Stroudsburg was a rookie. Um and the Nationals I think unexpectedly made the playoffs and they shut him down for the year on a pitch count. Yep. Like yep. they were competing at some point in the middle of the season you got to think hey, you know, we have a real shot at making the playoffs, maybe we should if if they're going to stick to that innings calendar, pitch count for the for the entire season. Don't you think that they would plan and say, "Hey, you know, we want this kid to pitch a little bit in the playoffs as well?"
0: Like mm-hmm. oh my
1: gosh, what is what is going on? I think this that's like, I don't know, maybe the start of analytics and and all that stuff it, back then. It, but
0: oh. it was a mistake then, and I, I don't disagree. I think you know we we watched. I believe it was the year after that the Braves did try to do something similar with Chris Medlin, but they said, you know what, we want him for the playoffs, so we're going to limit his innings and pull him at five or six innings, and sitting, let him go seven or eight. And oh, let's send him let's uh, you know, send him down to the minors. We'll monitor, you know, in the middle of the season, monitor those innings and lower them. And They brought him back at the end as a, you know, as a starter again. And he was rolling right through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, that was a huge mistake by the the Nationals. I 100 percent agree. And if it were me, you know, when it came to to De Hess, uh I would have thrown him out there and let him keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't disagree when I, I would let him roll. And I would give him the shot. These kids should be able to go out there and throw 100 plus pitches without their arm falling off. Um, right. It's their job, right? It's It's their
1: job to make their, get their arm right. That's what spring training's for. Yeah. Well,
0: you're like this for the Orioles, you know, take your shot, but I don't disagree with you there. I mean, I get where they're coming from trying to protect the young arms, especially since they don't have much promise, you know, in that lineup as it is. Um, (laughs) and it's early in the season,
1: you know, like I I could, I can see the argument if it's, if it's a young kid, if it's in like, I don't know, like late August or September or something like that. And, um, you know, you don't really need the game. You're really thinking you're in playoff mode. It's the freaking Orioles. It's the Orioles. And it's the first week of the season. If you're concerned about it, give them some time off later. Let the kid go for a legacy move there.
0: Yep. Uh, no disagree I think I think because it was early in the season is why they did it yeah uh, just because pitch counts and this and that <laughs> again I I um I come from the Leo Mazzoni school of thought um I hate the innings limits I hate you know let the guys pitch their arms are not going to fall off if they are then they haven't done the right kind of conditioning whatsoever right. um you know but yeah I look at it oh he's thrown you know you know you he, he got you, you know the, they're on innings limits for the year forget the innings I don't think it matters. if they have quick innings, why does an inning innings limit matter? You know if they're going out there and averaging you know eight or nine pitches per inning, ten pitches per inning as opposed to fifteen to sixteen, sure. the innings shouldn't matter. It's the amount of pitches that's putting the stress, not just how many times they go out there and throw. um you know, in my opinion, so I, I don't know i'll I will look at at least pitch count a little bit, but again, I still think that needs to be taken lightly. you know, the hundred pitches, I think is. Someone just arbitrarily came up and said, oh, triple, di- you know, triple, triple numbers, triple digits. That's the problem. So 100 pitches. Right. I don't know why that matters. These kids have been throwing since, you know, probably six or seven. You know, I've got a six year old son. He's in T-ball now. They're, they're playing. Um, you know, so they're throwing nonstop, you know, for their whole lives. They should be able to handle 120 pitches once every five days. Sure. <sighs> I don't sure. think those 20 pitches are going to cause are um, the cause of Tommy John surgery.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yahoo is getting in on everybody's favorite game of skill. Daily Fantasy is going to be big this year with plenty of time to get in on the NBA action. Baseball is right around the corner and golf is in full swing. Get everybody swing. It's the perfect time to start playing Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Never played Daily Fantasy before? Uh, I Certainly, Brad and I have been on it, so we can be your guide uh, as we talk about week-to-week here. But Yahoo, as you covered, unlike those other Daily Fantasy sites that let users enter 150 different lineups in their biggest contest, which, by the way, that really sucks because when these experts add those 150 different lineups, that hurts your chances to win. Yahoo has a 10 entry max, which is awesome. That's why I love it. That means better chances for you to win the big contests. You can also try their daily no management fee contests. Management fee refers to the amount of money the sites take to run the contest. As a result of contests uh, with no management fee, have fewer entries with the same amount of prizes, so that's always a good thing as well. Sign up today on uh, at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Once again, that's yahoo.com slash daily fantasy, or by downloading the yahoo fantasy app that's my preferred way to do it get $25 in free play this is important everybody i'm going to give you a promo code here uh, get $25 in free play when you make your first deposit using promo code pod25 that's pod25 the numbers two and five no waiting uh, on the bonus you can also use it immediately to enter contests the minimum deposit is only five bucks and the promo code once again everybody is pod25 Podcast One Sportsnet is your home for the best coverage of the Final Four in this year's March Madness. Get all the play-by-plays and top-notch analysis from sportscasting gurus like Dan Patrick and Rich Eisen. Then put your bets in with betting expert R.J. Bell on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. And laugh out loud with the biggest name in the game, literally, on the Big Podcast with Shaq. Download new episodes of these shows and more every week on Podcast One Sportsnet. Let's move it back. Okay, so you said the, the Mariners started out fast, they can't sustain it. What else uh high level kind of uh, thoughts on on Major League?
0: You know, then you look at the Yankees, I think they're going to have a little bit of a, a rough go early on with all their injuries. They just lost um <clears throat> was it CC C. Sabathia still out? Um Stanton just went on the DL. They've already lost to mm-hmm. Gregorius. and now and just went on the DL.
1: If there's a or, team I, if there's I, a team I, that I, can sustain some injuries, it's the Yankees.
0: <laughs> I don't disagree exactly. I mean, they, they you know they they just got to find it. They brought up Frazier, who should be able to, you know, um be a nice little piece for them that should hopefully take advantage. and that's going to give them a good problem. Um, but yeah, they they definitely have the depth to to sustain it, and they have the money to to you know work around it and make some trades with some teams that are willing to already early on anyway. Um, I think we actually just had a trade this morning where uh, Kevin Pillar went to the Blue Jays. I'm mm. um, sorry, went from the Blue Jays to the Giants. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what we're looking at. I mean, there's a lot of teams. It's up and down. You can't really read too much into that opening weekend. Um, you know, I watched the Braves get completely swept and embarrassed in Philadelphia. I don't think that's indicative of the season either way. Um but you know you you can take a look at it and say the Padres are going or I'm sorry the Padres the, uh, the Phillies are going to score a ton of runs this year the you know <laughs> the Dodgers are going to hit a lot of home runs i don't think they're going to keep up the pace they're at which is ungodly but you know th- they're going to score a lot of runs they're going to hit a lot of home runs so you know the opening weekend the first few days you're going to see a lot of things and then they're going to kind of balance back out a bit
1: sure and, uh, and speaking of the Phillies, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but I was looking on Bovada, and uh, the Phillies um, have surged to plus 700. Basically, they are the um, third highest odds to win the uh, – third best, I should say, um, or most favorite odds to, uh, to win the Super Bowl. So – very very interesting i, I you know there, there's a lot of hype obviously with uh with everything they got going on um but uh you know i think that that early season kind of surge has uh, has helped them but again more on that later um i want to talk a little bit about uh, i guess fantasy um to help out you know some people um you know I, we're we're past the off season stuff for the almanac so i want to push as I did with the, the Fantasy Football Almanac, I want to push some of the uh, kind of the waiver wire stuff and, and thoughts about, uh, you know, Daily Fantasy, who, who to kind of like look, look out for, who do you think is going to get hot. Um, but I want to start, since we're early in the season, with just uh, some waiver-type um, stuff. And I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, on a player from every position. We'll, we'll lump out, fill together, we'll loop... Um, 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 we'll lump, you know, basically just position players together and all that stuff. But what do you think? Um, my team, I can tell you, I, I by the way, I'm pretty happy with how my team's playing. Have you, have you seen? Have you seen my team? I haven't
0: watched your, your, uh, it's been impressive early on. It's, it's looking nice. Um, and you're going to get a little better once Eloy starts hitting. Oh, and
1: once I get Vlad Guerrero back, um, off the, uh, the injury list, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I know I need some help with pitching, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But catcher is is one of my weak points. I don't love what I have going on. If you could pick up any catcher um, at this point from waivers, you know, what guy or what guys would you be looking
0: at? Um, I'd kind of really be looking at Williams Estadio. I think we talked about him last time I was on, and um, I think he's going to start to get a little more playing time. He's, he can play catcher. They can put him at DH. They can put him at. They, I believe he's played some third base. Um, He's kind of all over the place, and he just hits guy struck out I want to say one time the entire spring um, and and not much at all last year so he puts the ball in play and he gets hit so he's going to have a high batting average um, and with the slim pickings that's out there for catcher now a guy who isn't going to put up a negative for you right there is a net positive so (laughs) yeah I have
1: um, I ended up before the season I picked up um Danny Jansen uh, from Toronto and I'm looking I'm looking now he's got zero points. <laughs> zero <laughs> points. Uh, uh Thank you. You know. he'll be all right. He'll but, be yeah, all right. He can... I know, I know, but like I'm I've I've reached my uh, waivers cap for the week, so um yep. like I can't I can't pick anybody up. And uh yeah, I like um I like Austin Dio. I was thinking about, yeah, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about Austin Barnes. I kind of like the idea of, of picking up, you know, somebody. Uh, Wilson Ramos hit the waivers, so he's on my watch list. I'm going to make a move next week. I got to pick somebody up um, because I'm. I,
0: I, was, I was stunned. He went out that that they went and dropped uh, at Ramos in our league. And yeah. I, that was that was surprising to me, but and I'm surprised uh, nobody's
1: picked him up yet. I'm kind of crossing my fingers that um, that he makes it, but I yeah I can't pick anybody up until April 7th because <laughs> I, I needed <laughs> to do I had I had I had some roster juggling I just had to do to start the year um, to to fill out yep. my rosters. So, oh, well, I'll cross my fingers to see if he'll uh, he'll be around, yes. but uh, not not much longer. I don't know. Um, so, what do you think about uh, first base?
0: Um, you know I I've been a little impressed and. You know, I said that the Mariners aren't sustainable, but I liked what I saw out of Ryan Healy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's really st- – he kind of looked like he was going to break out a couple years ago, and then I, he just kind of lost it last year. I think there were some injuries. Um, he made some tweaks to his his stance this year that's helped him get through the ball a little quicker, and it seems to be paying off. So he's he's a guy I like that's, that, that looks like he should be able to – you know, he may not – you know, keep it the pace he's at right now, which, you know, That'd be hard. would be insane. But um I think he's definitely a guy who should be able to put up some decent numbers and and help your team if you're looking at some help for first base.
1: I like Luke Voigt a little bit, um, especially with some of the injury issues going on with the Yankees. Um, you know, again, I like I like bats that have lineup protection. Um yes. you know, so, you know, him being a Yankee, um, you know, in that lineup. And for that uh for that uh matter, I like Mitch Moreland as well. Um, you know, he's available in our league. Um I don't I don't have the statistics in front of me to see how available he is but if you're hurting for first base you know I think you can get a bat in your lineup but yeah I like Healy a lot too actually I'm not going to pick him up because I'm so uh I'm so dominated by Mariners as it is um and I have uh, Mariners in other key positions so I'm just going to stay off there but um and actually I'm pretty solid at first base personally um, on my team so I'm, I'm probably actually not going to pick anybody up but if I was I, it would probably be void at this point just to go on a run until uh, until some of these injury issues are uh I don't know are fixed uh what about second base to you
0: um, and this is a guy I think I touted last time, one of the last times we talked as well. Um, and I kind of just I kind of sat on him in our draft and I figured he's not getting picked. I'm going to take my shot on Senzel, see if he gets the call. If he mm-hmm. doesn't, I'll drop him and I'll go for uh, Jeff McNeil. Um, he's still got that second base availability. He's going to play all over, I think, right now. I think he's actually starting at third base um, because of some injuries. Um, but he'll find himself all over the diamond. And he he just hits. He's really good hitter. Kind of reminds me of um, kind of where where they were with Daniel Murphy. Um, I think they need to just you know, not make the mistake they did there and let the guy hit. Um, so find him a position, get him in there, and let him go. And I, I kind of picked him up, and he's been hitting really, really well to start the year. And I think he's going to continue that as long as he gets the opportunities.
1: What do you think about uh, Mancada in uh, in Chicago?
0: He's yeah, out to a like hot start. Mankata. I do like him. Um, he was actually probably second or third on my list to put on there for second baseman. Um. He seems like he's cut down on the strikeouts a little bit, though I don't think that will hold for, I, I think those will start to spike back up a little bit for him. Um, I think he's going to improve this year. He's going to have a nice year, but the strikeouts kind of always worry me with him. Um, is there, he's going to strike out probably in about 30% of his bats this year from what I can, <laughs> at least from, you know, from historically speaking, I don't think he's going to cut him down to, you know, 5% or 10%. Sure, sure. So there might be incremental improvement there, which is nice and that'll help him. But, uh, if I'm picking up who's out there, it's going to be Jeff McNeil or maybe Colton Wong. Sure. All right, let's move to uh,
1: third base. Who do you got? Who do you like?
0: Um, you know, I'm surprised at how available Raphael Devers is, um, had a good year last year for the Red Sox. And I think he's primed to to take another step forward. Um, I didn't, I would have drafted him, but I just, I had no need for him with with the other guys I already had at the position. Um, and even in my utility slot, I just didn't think it would be beneficial to what I was able to get. Um, but he's he's a good hitter. He's in a good lineup, which means he's going to see some pitches. Um, so if he's out there, he's definitely one that's a uh, a solid pickup option.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, just based on availability, I like what I'm seeing, um, from, uh, Cabrera, um, in Texas. You know, I like those guys with, uh, multiple position availability. Um, I'm thinking about making a move there. I'm pretty set on outfield. I like, um, oh, gosh, his names, uh, I, I talk about him all the time. The twins, uh, who's the guy that I have, Eric, the, the guy with <laughs> all the availability. Oh, Marwin. Marwin. Yes. Goodness gracious. I couldn't I, I don't know why I couldn't think of the name off the top. Anyway, so um so I might uh, I might drop Marwin, I might pick up Cabrera. I don't know. Um you know, I like Marwin because he has a lot of position um and, and Cabrera has a little bit less at least in our league. Um but uh, speaking of Marwin, I do have him in the lineup tonight. I do have him in the lineup.
0: There you go.
1: Yeah, I think I might make that change. Oh gosh, I don't know, we'll see. You only we only have so many uh so many transactions we can make in our league.
0: Yes, we yeah, had to limit we uh, we had a guy for a few seasons that we dubbed the, the Vulture and <laughs> he was doing 12 13 pickups a week and it was absolutely ridiculous and it was throwing off the waivers for everybody, so Yeah, I know
1: because like if if they're all on waivers, like you can pick them up and drop them immediately and uh and yep.
0: screw everybody, so.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now my, uh, I, I have, I'm, I'm pretty locked in and, and set at, uh, at shortstop, but what do you like about shortstop? Who, who, who would you pick up if you can pick anybody up?
0: Uh, you know, here is my, uh, I'm going to go with my Homer pick. Um, you knew one was coming. Um, but, uh, Dancy Swanson, I've loved what I've seen of him out of the Braves. He's, he's hitting the ball well. His wrist is healthy. He's, um, uh, you know, he's putting good swings on the ball and he's not chasing as much. He's not being fooled by the, the breaking balls like he has been in the past. Um, uh, and he's just, he's looked really, really good this year. Um, so I think that's a good option. That's, that's going to be out there in most leagues. Cause he's just not getting a lot of, uh, you know, not getting picked up too much from what I've seen. Um, but I, I like what I've seen there from him so far this year. And I've watched him a little more closely than I do a lot of the other guys. So I kind of have that, you know, that vision on him.
1: Yeah. And then outfield, um, oh, by the way, how do you think, uh, what do you think of, uh, Yelich, how he's playing so far to start
0: the year? Oh, he's ridiculous. Um, He's absolutely ridiculous, and uh, you know, yeah, he's not going to hit 162 home runs this year, but <laughs> he's a damn good player, um, and he's going to help carry that team and make them, you know, make things interesting. It
1: makes me so, yeah. wonder. It makes me wonder if he's um, sipping on uh, on uh, Ryan Braun's famous muscle making elixir. Um, you know, he gets yeah. to, he gets to Milwaukee and wins an MVP. <laughs> you know, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't seem like uh, the body type, at least
0: Just not a yet. Damn good hitter. He's a damn good hitter that's that's in a really good lineup and you know he's coming into his own and you know escaping Miami is probably good for anybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's so humid in Miami. You know, just don't, how no, can you God. play baseball there with that, in that humidity? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but um, uh, for uh for the outfield, I know in our league, uh, Domingo Santana come, you know, but I don't think that's sustainable, like you said. You know, his his hot start. Yeah. But what do you think? Uh, I saw uh, Jacques Peterson got uh, picked up early on, which you know is I, somebody on my watch list, but I couldn't spare the roster, and I didn't. Well, I, it's not that I couldn't spare the roster; it's that I I made all my transactions a little bit too early there. But what do you think? Um, in our league, uh, not in our league, I'm sorry, but uh, wider wider scale, who would you be picking up in the outfield?
0: And I do. Yeah. And I I do agree. You know, as as you mentioned with Peterson, however, um, his platoon, he's likely still to platoon, especially the way Dave Roberts manages. Um, so he's going to miss a lot of at bats with the lefties and, you know, even later in the games, if they're, if a lefty's brought in, they'll probably, you know, pull him out and pinch someone in. So, Um, that one kind of worried me a little bit and that's kind of why I steered clear. Um, for me, there's actually two names I pulled up were uh, Malik Smith, because I do think what he's doing is sustainable for the Mariners. Um, he can hit, he's got a little bit of pop. Um, he can run, he can beat out a lot of things. And, uh, Andrew McCutcheon of the Phillies, who I think he's got, you know, playing in that park, he's going to hit a lot more home runs. We saw that already with two in the first three days. um, so I think what he's he is gonna have a nice bounce back year there, and I think those are two good options to pick up in and, and generally an outfield that's kinda of hard to to fill in a lot of these leagues. Yeah. Uh
1: moving it over to starting pitcher, I know there's a lot of people that's looking for uh, that are looking for for starting pitchers. I actually am looking for relief pitchers, so I'm looking forward to the next segment. Um I have a couple guys, by the way, I'm on relief pitcher, but we'll talk about it then. So what do you think about starters?
0: Um first guy on my list uh would be Joey Lechessy. Um I, you know, I, I would have said Chris Paddock, but I'm pretty sure he's already been snapped up in most leagues after what he did. Um, Luchessi, young kid, they took a shot on him last year, and he looked good on and off, and then he had some struggles. But again, for a young kid, just kind of jumping—I believe he jumped from single A, possibly double A, um, or very little double A anyway—to um, the majors, and you know, he showed some good flashes, and then did. And I think this year he puts it together and and is a uh, is a very valuable. Um, starting pitcher for the for the Padres and, and for fantasy owners
1: Alright, you got anybody else in mind there?
0: Whew, you know, a lot of leagues amazingly enough, Strowman's sitting out there um, I was actually looking at him and someone snapped him up um, but he, he's out there in a lot of leagues because of the bad year he had last year so that's someone to take a shot at, I think he's primed for a big uh, bounce back year Sure
1: and then moving on to uh, to relievers. So um, I actually, thank goodness, the only one that I really was able to snap up in the draft, Josh Hader, I, I ended up with. <laughs> so he started off uh, pretty well. But again, you know, it, it's really the um, good pitcher on team with good offense um, will have save opportunities, right? It's A plus B equals C. So that's that's who I get. And for that reason, um, in our league, um, goodness gracious, why can't I think of the guy's name? It'll come to me in a bit. I tell you what, why don't you just run with it and I'll I'll, I'll come in and figure it out.
0: well yeah I mean I like um I like what I've seen out of Jose Alvarado he's not there for us obviously um but I like what I've seen out of him um I think he may not be the guy that's going to go out there and strike out you know three guys every single inning but um he's definitely a guy that's going to be consistent and you're not going to see a lot of uh you know a lot of blow-ups those negative 12s negative 22s that you get out of closers when they come out there and you know, can't get the job done and basically just face four batters and give up four runs. Um, So he's a guy I like in a lot of leagues that seems to be out there. And another one that I'm keeping an eye on is Matt Barnes. Um, He seems to kind of have the job there with the Red Sox. Um, And I'm kind of keeping an eye, but I want to see him get a few more chances and see how he does before I snag him.
1: Yeah. Barnes, Barnes was the guy on my list too. um, Just because again, you know, A plus B equals C, you get the Red Sox. If he, if he actually, is going to be the full time closer. Um, is going to be there, and then the uh, the Cardinals. For some reason, I can't remember his name. I can't find him in the Hex. stat line here. Yeah, Hex. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he, you know, he's he's somebody as well. Again, you know, I, for for relief pitchers, I just kind of go there. But I need to cycle in. Um, you know, we have what is it six six in our league, Eric? Six uh, pitchers that we play day to day, or is it more than that? I can't remember off the top
0: of my head. Yeah, but, a little more than that opened up to, for daily.
1: Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I, I need to I need to be cycling in some more relief pitchers in there just to to keep a, a steady, a steady uh, play on that side. But anyway, um, so there you go. There's some waiver wires. Uh, I don't think, by the way, from our from our major league preview, Eric. I don't think that we ever actually made our predictions. I think we alluded to it. So I know who you're going to go with with the World Series. But I want to get your um, your your specific. Um, predictions for who's going to basically make the playoffs in each league and who is going to win the World Series and I'll give you my predictions as well uh, but let me just prime you um, for everybody out there so again I was looking before uh, this show started on Bovada and here are the uh, World Series um, you know favorites in order we have the Yankees at plus 600 though that might waver with some of the um, um, the injuries that they have uh then we have the uh Houston Astros at plus 650 we have the Philadelphia Phillies at plus 700 we have Boston and the Dodgers on Bavada both at plus 750 so you know pretty much the the big ones Philadelphia has obviously ascended quite a bit um since we had done our uh, our previews with the uh with the Harper signing so anyway what do you think man so uh American League who are your playoff teams um then we'll go to the National League playoff teams and then uh you know who's going to win the World Series
0: yeah. Um right now I've got the uh the Yankees um in the east the Twins in the central I think we talked about that as my little surprise pick there but I think that's starting to gain some traction as the Indians looked uh looks look like they're going to struggle offensively a bit especially without Lindor for a while um the Astros obviously the easy pick out there in the west um and then I got the Red Sox and Rays following with the wild cards
1: I am pretty much going to go chalk. So I'm going to go Yankees. I'm actually going to go Indians division winners this year. I just like the pitching. Um, and then I'm going to go Houston. So it's pretty much, in my in my opinion, chalk. Boston, I don't think, is going to be out to win the division this year. So I think they'll, they're probably just more focused on the playoffs. I do think that they will obviously get into the playoffs. I shouldn't say obviously, but I do think they'll get there. And then I am actually going to make a, uh, a strong prediction here. I'm going to say Seattle will keep it going the whole year. And I think Seattle will uh-huh. edge out. You know the the likes of uh, the Twins of the uh, the A's and who uh, you know wh- whoever um, is going to be blipping up through the oh the the Rays I think the Rays are there so those are my playoff teams in the American League National League Eric who do you got
0: um, right now I'm going to hold uh, I'm going to hold fast with the Braves in the East um, although I, I you know I'm wait- <laughs> they're testing me a little bit on that one <laughs> um, I got the Cardinals in the Central and the Cubs offensive struggles are only strengthening that belief. Um although obviously they're still the Brewers. I just I I don't know that they're pitching. They're starting pitching. I can hold on. Yeah. Um I got the Dodgers out West and then the Rockies um in the wild card one. And I'm actually going with the Brewers as the second wild card there.
1: Mm, mm. So I'm gonna go with actually Philadelphia um and Atlanta's a wild card. Uh so I think Atlanta will get in. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals and Dodgers, but I'm gonna have Colorado winning the second wild card. Uh, so there you go. So who do you think um, ALCS and then I'll, I'll get NLCS, NLCS, and then we'll do the World Series. Who you got in the
0: ALCS? Uh, you mean yeah? You talking about the actual the championship series head to head? Yeah. Who do you think in uh, the I'm AL? Who
1: the, the the two top teams in the American League? Who's who's gonna battle it
0: out? At, I think you're looking. I think you at. Um, you know, I think you're looking at a Yankees Astros.
1: Yankees Astros. I am actually depending on matchups. You know, you never know who, who the, how the. Uh, the series will play out, but I would say the Yankees Red Sox this year is, is where I'm leaning. Uh, and then in the national league, I think it's going to be, um, I think it'll be the Cardinals. Uh, I'm wavering between the Dodgers and the Rockies. I, I'm, I'm going to say, gosh, that's a tough one. You know, why, why the hell not? I'll go with the, the Rockies. Um, there. <laughs> who do you, who do you think in the, uh, in the national league?
0: You know, um, honestly, I think I've got, um, you know, I think the Dodgers are going to get to well, obviously they're going to in the playoffs and I think they're going to lose to the Brewers in the round one. So I think you're looking yeah. at the Brewers and Cardinals in the in the NLCS.
1: Yeah, I just I have that same feeling. I feel like the Dodgers are just going to screw the pooch somehow um in that first round. You know, the, coming off of a couple World Series losses. Um uh, not a couple, but um you know just some painful series losses and all that stuff I, I just I don't know but anyway um so then uh so I think we both have um i th- I, th- I have a feeling that you're gonna pick the
0: Yankees I'm gonna pick the Yankees right coming out of the al um, we talked about that before are you, are you still going with the Yankees Yeah, and it's actually funny. I'm looking at the um the document I put together here when I you know may put up my predictions so I can have them in front of me and I'm looking at it and I have it listed and I'll, and I'll read it to you exactly as I have it uh al champ Yankees. Parentheses, I hate myself. <laughs> uh, NL champ, Cardinals. Parentheses, God, I suck. Yeah, um, and those those are my
1: those are my picks as well. So I actually feel pretty good because you and I are hardly ever in alignment, and you are always right. So I feel like I am going to be right this year. Who do you think is going to win?
0: Uh, and I'm going to read you this line as well. Uh, <laughs> I have World Series champs, Yankees. OK, now I really hate myself. Um, so, yeah, no, that's that's where I'm going. I think they're going to pull it off. I don't like it. Uh, I'm not letting my family know I'm making that prediction. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so, no, it's uh, that's where I'm going right now. I mean, obviously, things will change at the break and who knows. And and I don't, you know, I'll go back to your Mariners prediction. That's one team where if they're in it at the deadline or close to the deadline, they will make some moves because that guy is fearless, and I, I don't know what the heck he's doing, but <laughs> he will make some moves to bolster that team. and it's very possible if they're if they're still in it at the deadline, they could make some big moves to um you know to really make things interesting,
1: sure. um I'm with you. I think it's the Yankees over the Cardinals. The Yankees to me are just a team that is already built for October um you know, I know that they have some injury stuff, but they're built for it. Um, Gregorius is going to come back. I know he's out now. He is going to come. Back. Like this is just going to be a team that is just already built for it. So if they make a move or two at the deadline, first of all, I don't think they have to. But if they're in a position where they have to, they also have the assets to make it happen. I just, I don't know, man. They're they're built for it. If they don't, if they don't win, it's theirs to lose basically. If they don't win, uh, shame on them. But you know, Boston is a battle tested team. Um, you know there I don't like I said I don't think they're gonna win the division I think the Yankees will be hungrier in the regular season and they'll they'll push a little bit further and I think the uh, the Red Sox are just kind of gearing up ready to play when they think it's important so I it wouldn't shock me if the Red Sox and especially with that rivalry you know in recent history you know it could go either way so it wouldn't shock me if the uh, the Red Sox are in the series um, and if they are I would pick the Red Sox but anyway there's that um, so I think that we can call that a show unless you have anything else for us before we head out Eric
0: uh, actually, we can throw one more bit of news in there. I think we we talked about um, a big signing extension last time. We can do it again. Um, something that actually made me very happy. I read it right uh, not long before we started recording this. Uh, the Braves agreed to a eight-year extension with two options, so it can max out at 124 mil with Ronald Acuna Jr.
1: All right.
0: So second year in there, the kid's just barely 21, and he's got a potential 10-year $124 million deal sitting there. Awesome. So, I hey mean, that's good value. Nice it's that's great spend. value. It is God, great yeah. value. It is, um, and and to see the Braves actually spend a little bit of money is nice. Although, you know, I'm going to keep championing uh, championing for uh, Craig Campbell to be signed. For some reason, he's still out there, and the Braves need <laughs> him. And but anyway, that's a whole nother show we could do on 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 the, the Braves' lack of spending, or their uh, you know, Well
1: <laughs> At least when they don't spend money, they're still good. Uh, the Orioles, yep. when they don't spend money, they're bad. And when they spend money. They're back. They're back. Excellent.
0: So. First, look at Chris Davis. <laughs> oh
1: gosh! Don't remind me. All right, everybody. <laughs> hey, on that note, um, you know, have a great week. Uh, go out, get paid.